Welcome to my podcast. My name is Daniel and I help you understand nutrition and how to easily apply it in your life, make better eating choices and how to stick with them so you can improve your performance, change your body composition and become your fittest. I have been working with people who are just starting out on their healthy lifestyle journey but also with fitness coaches to help them apply the nutrition science into practice. Good evening friends, hope you are doing great. Yesterday I posted this question like what are some of the foods that you crave or that you notice that you crave and often it is like people refer about chocolate and junk food specifically. So what is it about junk food that we crave or what is it about chocolate that you crave? What is it about butter that you crave? And let's explore this, like where do cravings come from? What is it cravings? So I want to give you some ideas, some thoughts to think about, something to um, maybe consider when you think and notice that you have cravings. So when we think about food, about nutrition, nutrition is psycho, physio, sociological thing. So that means, you know, psycho, it's about our emotions, our beliefs influence how we eat, when we eat, what we eat. Sociological aspect is just this psycho aspect and that is like extrapolated to the whole communities. So for example, to the nations or to the belief groups. And so we have some kind of cultural aspects of diets, some foods that are prohibited, some foods that are encouraged and so on. And then in the last or the last important aspect is also physiological. And that is what most people think about when it comes to nutrition. They think about that, uh, macronutrient composition, vitamins, minerals, but they forget to, forget to think about psycho and sociological aspects, which are, I would say, even more important. So how do these three things, how do these three areas, aspects actually influence your cravings or why you crave food? So there are several reasons why we crave food. And what I noticed to be like the most common is that a person goes onto a diet, they restrict certain food, and then uh, because they restrict that food, it comes back to them. You know? But now that feeling of wanting that food is even more pronounced. It's more, uh, they, they want it even more than ever before. So it's like we have that kind of uh, internal struggle, internal, um, I would say, rebellion. We rebel against ourselves because we had been restricting ourselves, so now we want to do exactly the opposite, like child. And that is when you start craving that food. So, for example, chocolate or whatever. So th- that's one aspect, right? You are restricting it, you be, you maybe believe in that time and space that 
you know, excluding that food completely will help you usually lose weight, improve performance or health. And that might be true, but that doesn't usually mean that you need to completely restrict it because then it can have these negative impacts and create a bad relationship with food. So if you are in that situation, what you want to do, you want to reintroduce that food back into your diet. You want to have exposure to that food and have it quite often. What I see that helps people is even have it like every day. I spoke with several experts on this topic before and we often mention peanut butter because for some reason peanut butter specifically even like 100% raw peanut butter without added sugars, oils and whatever uh, seems to create some kind of let's call it addiction quote-unquote uh, in people. People crave it for whatever reason and if you restrict that you are perpetrating that craving you are creating a bigger craving but if you have that food if you allow that food into your diet and you have it for example in every and each meal then you will stop craving it maybe think about the food that you really loved for example it can be pizza risotto whatever you are new to that food so you love it right you want to have it every day but what happens after two three four five days do you still have that same enthusiasm about that food do you still crave it if you have had it like three meals a day for five days for two weeks probably not so if you allow yourself to have that food maybe there will be at first this um period where you will be eating it more, but after usually three to five days it subsides, that craving goes down, and you will stop even caring about that food, right? So usually what what we want is like leverage that opportunity that we can have that food because maybe it's not around all year round. Right, So maybe it's only during that special occasion. And this is also a psychological aspect, right? So for example, when we uh, have like cake, birthday cake, some specific birthday cake, why not have it like every week, you know? If you have it every week, you are instantly removing that, um, that kind of connection that I can only have it once a year so now that I can have it I want to have as much of it as I can because then I need to wait all year to have it again you know and then people say like yeah big cheat meal and if I cheat I cheat big right so what about having the exact opposite approach what if you just allowed yourself to have that food every day would that be a cheat meal Besides that, I don't want to call it a cheat meal. Let's call it a treat or something unusual food or something like that. So in that sense, you will remove that rarity aspect. You will give yourself permission to have that food and you will stop craving. Okay, so that's one, this psychological aspect. But then we have some food that create also physiological 
addicting like behavior. It's not addiction. It's addicting like behavior. And these are usually junk food. So this is a combination of high fat, high sugar content, and usually also salt. So we have all the industry, food industry, food chemistry, that focuses on making food as palatable, as enjoyable as possible, because that companies want to increase sell, sales, right? So for example, we have chicken at McDonald's, and even if you had the exactly same recipes from them, you would not be able to recreate that specific food. And that is because they have also like processes, how they process it. So it's also like texture is very important, right? So it may be tender in the inside, crunchy on the outside. So we have this combination. And uh, this combined with the fat content, this combined with the sugar, uh, makes it like a taste bomb. And this is for us hard to resist. And you might even have a connection with some, with some smell. You know, it smells nice. Uh, you can have that connection of good feeling. So when you just smell that food, like for example, coffee, you instantly think about something good, you know, and it puts you into a good mood. So this connection, when it is repeated, it creates behavior, a habit. So that craving in that sense it's just a learned behavior. So the physiological aspect of that is, of course, you want to avoid or limit processed food if you want to reduce those food cravings. And you will notice when you start eating like predominantly whole food-centered diet, so that means unprocessed food, cooked at home, maybe even without salt, if you want to, without adding sugar and without adding even like extra spices. Spices, if you have that bland tasting food, you will not crave it. At the same time, if you create balanced meals that contain like healthy fats, avocados, nuts, seeds, maybe some like butter or whatever, combination with vegetables, you know, so fiber, a lot of minerals, vitamins, with uh, good sources of protein, tempeh, um, maybe seitan, you know, beans, legumes, or, or even chicken or animal sources, like whole food-centered diet, it will fill you up. And every time when I have a person who experiences cravings, like I crave chocolate or dessert after my main meal. If they have that feeling, good, balanced meal, they notice that they don't have cravings for desserts anymore. There might be this psychological residue because that is ingrained in their brain. They have that fixation, right? So the at first, or in the first moment, you might think like, yeah, I should have the desert, or you might feel like there is something missing. But at the same time, you will feel or notice that connection that, well, but I'm completely physiologically full. I don't require or want any other food. So should I eat it? I mean, this gives you really space to 
um, to feel that okay, I don't have the dessert um, or I don't need it. So that's that physiological aspect of that. Create balanced meals and eat predominantly whole food diet. Another typical issue that happens is like specifically in a very active people and athletes is that if they underfuel, so they don't eat enough food during the times when they are active. So for example, I exercise during lunch hours. So if I, for example, skipped break breakfast, then I would have like small um, meal, for example, I don't know, have a heavy workout and then like some people try to exclude carbohydrates because, you know, carbs makes you fat or whatever. Um, I would have like fish with vegetables, you know. It might fulfill me for a certain time, but two, three hours later I will be hungry. And then in the evening I would eat everything in the fridge and dessert on top of it and then probably another cake on top of it you know and i would really have that cravings i mean i experienced that um, so one thing is under fueling during the hours that you are active to postpone that time or some people even think that uh, by postponing that time of the meal so practicing it intermittent fasting now I can eat whatever I want, for example, in my next meal, in the evening. But what happens is, once again, you will be so hungry that you will not be able to contain yourself. If that's not you, okay, this comes down to personal experience. Uh, but this is like usually what happens. And then, of course, we have a very specific situation that is like menstruating women throughout the cycle. Uh, it can happen that they have craving for sugars in the like second half of the cycle or whatever. So that can be a natural process and this is something you should notice, you should track and account for. So I will not speak about that specific situation right now. But one more thought about food cravings, right? So when some people tell me like, but I crave chocolate. I really crave that chocolate, I must have it. So is that something special about chocolate? Like why do I crave chocolate specifically? It is like what my body craves, so I should give it to my body, right? Well, do you think you would crave chocolate specifically if you had never had chocolate? I bet no, because how would you think, like, I don't know, you, you imagine you live somewhere somewhere on Mars or wherever on Jupiter and <laughs> where there is no not chocolate existing, right? So, but you still have that human body, uh, the same things, maybe there are vegetables, fish, legumes, water, everything but chocolate. Chocolate doesn't exist in that world. Would you think, like, hey, I, I need chocolate? Or my body craves chocolate? I don't think so. So that is that emotional connection here. We interpret like, I want chocolate. Well, maybe it's not chocolate that you crave. It's just 
usually carbs or nutrition but you have that connection that chocolate so that is something to think about and if you notice that you have for example craving for some specific food like Stanley for example mentioned butter that he craves butter and then we explored like okay it's butter but he's not going to eat stick of butter by itself right it's butter maybe with eggs or it's butter on a fresh bread uh, with onion or something like that it's not butter by itself it's in combination with other food and that is like going back to combination of carbs with fat and so on so this is something that you should also uh, notice or if you want to go get down to that cravings issue I hope that this was insightful for you, that you learned something, that it sparked maybe some new ideas for you. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, post them down below. You have a great evening, great weekend. See ya. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and before you leave, it would be awesome if you could leave rating and a review on the platform or an application that you use for listening. It will help me greatly to bring new guests and discuss topics you are interested in. By the way, check the show notes for important links, maybe that we discussed during the episode and all the other, and subscribe to Health, Energy, Performance newsletter, where I share at least one tip about nutrition, training, and mindset that will help you reach your health and fitness goals easily. I would also like to invite you to have a strategy call with me. During this 30 minutes call, we will first dive into your goals, I will get to know you, you, your lifestyle, and you will get a clear direction and know exactly what to do next to progress your training and maybe improve your eating habits. I started this as a personal challenge for my 30th birthday and I fell in love with it. I really loved connecting with people and helping them solve their issues and problems during these strategic calls, so naturally I continue doing so. Mind you, this is not a sales call, but you must be ready to invest your energy and time to get the benefit. So check the show notes sign up for the call and I will be looking forward to hear from you.